everyone, welcome to the first episode of our podcast, Roadside Rumors. Um, today we're going to be talking about diversity and we have two really special guests with us. So I'm Kowal. And I'm Sanika. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves first? Um, I'm Tella, second year journalism <laughs> major. I'm originally from Estonia, but I moved out to Hong Kong two years ago, specifically to go to HKU. And I'm pretty sure they dragged me in here today to talk about a recent article that I wrote for the SEMP. So I'm actually born and raised in Hong Kong, but uh, so I went to an international school. So I really identify with uh, international students in HKU. Um, and uh, so, so the reason why I'm on this podcast is because I ran for the students' union a couple of months ago, and one of the uh, one of the main issues that I wanted to that I wanted to address was the problem of how I feel like international students are excluded in a lot of in a lot of student life and a lot of uh, just in a lot of their cultural activities and in the in the say with regard to how the university is run. Okay, so thank you so much for being on our first episode. Um, I think in a university environment where we're all here to learn, it's um, a great environment to foster a sense of inclusiveness and tolerance for everyone. So um, what do you guys think about diversity? How would you define diversity in HKU and in Hong Kong in general? Diversity to me? I grew up at an international school as well, so I think it wasn't a conscious thing until people started to use it for marketing. So I think it used to always just be a natural part of life where people of different races, ethnicities, and backgrounds would kind of come together and mingle, and that would result in something a little bit better than it would have been if all those people had come from the exact same background. And I think that's kind of the goal of diversity, but it shouldn't be an active goal, you know? I feel like that's kind of the issue with diversity right now, that people do diversity with the goal of doing something a little bit better, something a little bit more inclusive. But that shouldn't be the goal. That should be the kind of organic result that comes out of it. Otherwise, it seems a little bit forced. And otherwise, something like HQ happens where it's really not done the way it could have been done. And it doesn't really benefit people the way that it could. You know how you mentioned, like, you notice how they use diversity for marketing and stuff? Mm -hmm. So when did you first start noticing it? Like, back home? or did you? Yeah, that's why I came, man. Oh, really? So that's kind of it. I was looking at... Obviously, I didn't want to stay in Europe. I didn't want to go to the U.S. And I was looking at Asia because I've always just loved the general area. And I've always wanted to do journalism. And Asia seems like a really exciting place to be for that. So HQ has the best journalism school in Asia. And I was looking at their posters and they would always have, like, people of different ethnicities. Kind of the very traditional international school posters where everybody's, like, having a lot of fun together. You know, brown, black, white kids all together. That kind of a thing. And you would always see it, you know, they would post like little blurbs like, oh, our student from this and this country is saying this and this. And I was, they do it very well. You know, they make themselves seem pretty international. Even from an international school kid, I was like, yeah, this is kind of where I want to be again. This is the environment that I've enjoyed for the past 10 years. I'd want to continue being in this space. I think what you said about international schools really resonated with me as someone who's also been to international school mm -hmm. all my life. And it's a very different environment, right? Compared yeah. To what they're trying to possibly create at HKU. Exactly. And I know you also went to an international school in Hong Kong, so what do you have to say about that? Uh, okay, so I, I, I agree with like everything you said about you know uh, how you come to HKU and it was advertised as an international, uh, as an international environment and then you come here and you feel like it's a scam. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you kind of feel like you've been cheated, you know? So um, I think diversity for diversity's sake, like you said, is not uh, not always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's look at 
let's look at the the newest Star Wars movie, for example. Like, have you seen The Last Jedi? I don't watch Star no. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen any of them. Okay, well, basically, um, so it's like marketed as a really, you know, a really diverse, uh, like Star Wars movie. You know, it's got a female lead. You know, like girl power, and it's got like an Asian side character, a black side character, and it turns out the movie was really bad. Like from just, <laughs> just just from like a, a plot perspective, from like just if you look at it as a movie in general, it was really bad. And when people started criticizing it, uh, some of the defenders are like, what? "Okay, the reason why you're criticizing this is because you hate diversity, and and you hate you just hate a you just hate a movie where the main character is female." And I think that's the general misconception with diversity as well that people think that okay, so if I get 25% white kids, 25% Asian kids, 25% like mixed and 25% like black kids, then that's it. But they don't understand that it goes beyond like the rations. They go that goes beyond the numbers of kids from different ethnicities and different backgrounds that you actually need to somehow integrate them at some point. Like exactly, at yeah. international schools that becomes very innate because it's starting from kindergarten, kindergrade, yeah, um, kindergarten. kindergarten. There you go. <laughs> but it, like when you're at a high top university like that, but a lot of the students come from a background where they haven't had to be in an international environment before, you yeah. need to progressively do something about it. So that's kind of, I guess HQ could to an extent have its claim to diversity, looking at how many international students and exchange students we have. But that's where it ends because the international students don't really tend to mix with the locals, the local internationals, or anybody like that. Uh, like a diverse environment is where, yeah, just everybody uh, can be able to share ideas with everybody mm -hmm. else. And um, I saw this. Uh, I was actually watching a Joe Rogan podcast. Have you have you seen his, his interview with like Andrew Yang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, so, so do you guys know who Andrew Yang is? The U.S. presidential candidate. He's American Taiwanese, and he's gonna give everybody a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's the first you know person who kind of looks like me. Who, who mm. I feel like yeah, this is an Asian guy who's running for the president of the United States. And then uh, one of the things like he, one of the ideas he was saying is that. The U.S. economy, um, let's say the U.S. economy is like an elephant. You, you, you oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so and let's say everybody is like a, a blind person, and you're trying to tell this blind person to describe what the economy is. Let's say one person is standing like in, uh, like in front of his head, and they, and they feel the trunk of the elephant, and they're like, hmm, I think an elephant is actually like a snake. And another person like feels an elephant from the side, like maybe feels its leg, and and it's like a massive, yeah, like a tree trunk. And then they think, oh, I think an elephant is like a tree. So, if everybody is like together and and they're just blind to the whole elephant, they can only see t a tiny part mm -hmm. of it, and they think it's the whole thing, and and that's a problem. And and um, I think in maybe in HKU and in, in a lot of places. Uh, yeah. So, so sure, there are like people of different races together. But if you're only, if you're only, you know, talking to people in, in your in your own group, you can't really see the whole elephant. So you, so in terms of HKU, so you were talking about, you know, how people don't have the complete picture. Yeah. And in um, the appeal that you made to some of the international students for their votes, you mentioned that you know that the locals probably wouldn't be voting for you. Yeah. So why did you why did you say that and you know how do you describe that? that yeah. Do you think internationals <laughs> had the full picture of uh, you standing up for the but Yeah, exactly. Uh, so first thing is uh, I actually made that post about like, you know, no local students voting against me. And then five minutes later I actually edited it. 
uh, and I, cha I changed it to something that sounded a bit better because I realized, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that was a bit uh, divisive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was the one that got you know shared around to everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm it's not, always I'm, too late on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing is, um. I, I, I didn't say that as like a slight to local students, saying that like all local students are going to vote against us. I'm, I'm saying that as like as a subgroup of local students who are going to vote against me no matter what. Not because they're local, but because of you know, certain beliefs, you know, about like, like they have certain political yeah. beliefs mm -hmm. that they think. Okay, I mean, you, you saw some of the comments, like some people think I'm like evil or like I'm going to ruin yeah. Hong, Hong Kong, Kong or yeah. that type of thing. I mean, like, what what can I do? Like, <laughs> it's pretty hard for one kid to ruin Hong Kong. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So as uh, so, what, like, what I meant by that, I'll just clarify uh, when I say that some local students won't vote for me. Is that some local students just really hate China, and they just think that, like, I'm from Hong Kong. I'm not from China, and whatever kind of influence uh, China tries to exert on Hong Kong. That's like that's really bad. That's evil. People, no matter what I say, there are going because because I I am not like one hundred percent opposed to China. Mm -hmm. So I will like I said if I if I get into this position, I'm not going to you know like uh, just put a lot of uh, you know like complaints notices about like all these wrongdoings that China is doing. Or yeah, just like just not vocally oppose things that I don't think should be opposed. So, so those people who see somebody who is, they, they think HKUSU is a vessel. It's a it's a pillar of like of Hong Kong independence. And if somebody who does not believe in that runs for it, then their like little glimmer of hope is just over. Yeah, that maybe the international students wouldn't have the complete picture of what you're trying because um, yeah. I think a lot of the international students don't don't Plan participate on in the politics the student politics that yeah exactly you know, take place so yeah so uh, I think I think the, uh, the key idea is you, ca you call it politics when right? student politics and I mean it is politics but I think the student union is much more than that uh, it's it's about serving students it's about mm. you know making this university a better place it's about you know some people feel left out why don't we do things to include them or it's about um you know seeing a problem on campus and trying to address them and the students union has you know it has a voice it has the power to do something it's not just about politics and um yeah and i mean a lot of people just they hear the word politics and they don't want to get involved right. uh, not i mean not just international students local students as well so so that's one so that's one reason and the second reason is that in the past international students have never been addressed by the students union this is the students union it's not the local students union but it effectively is uh, most of the events are in Cantonese they're by Cantonese students for Cantonese students and I mean sure but they pay lip service to you know everybody can join but if you join you you're going to you're going to be like the only white Yeah exactly and, I mean th this is a this is a really big problem uh, that I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to claim to be able to fix that All I all I claimed was that um, at the highest level of student representation because the students union is one of the uh, one of the one of the purposes is it's a bridge for student voice to the authorities, mm -hmm. to the uh, to the adults in the room.
So if everything there is conducted in, in Cantonese, then uh, students who don't understand Cantonese, they don't know what's going on and they don't have a voice and whatever, like whenever something that they have, they should theoretically have the right to have input in, they're shut out. Why is the student union mostly in Cantonese anyway, if HKU supposedly functions in English? Yeah, there, there's a difference between uh, supposedly and like reality. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's a difference between like what the, you know, the, the authorities want, like the president mm -hmm. wants and all the, you know, all the pamphlets that yeah, 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 yeah. And, and what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And the students' union is not run by the authorities, it's run by students. So, so because, because international students have never been served in the past, they have just become desensitized to what's going on in the students' union. And I wanted to reach out to them, and, and maybe because, yeah, because they felt it was never relevant to them, then it won't be any more relevant now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, to um, improving the culture around campus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just um, organizing, well, not organizing activities. I, I, I forgot most of the policies that I made, but okay, 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 okay. actually, actually, how about, okay, okay, now that I say that, I, I do remember. Uh, the Students' Union is acting, okay, like in, in the past, it's acting like we're here forever. A lot of the things that, a lot of the time spent in the union is like following regulations, like following bureaucracy, and you know, making minutes, doing things that are completely unnecessary. I feel like these regulations, like they're really like annoying because I actually took part in like some society activities yeah. in Hong Kong, like in HKU, and I feel like the only reason I could I could possibly like do it was because I speak Cantonese, and like if I if I like because I'm also like I, I come from a local school, right? But mm -hmm. like a lot of my friends, they're not interested in it. A lot of them because they don't speak Cantonese, yeah. and I, the only reason I did it was thinking that it was gonna be really like chill, and I didn't know about all these like regulations and these like you know like those um like I don't know it's like whatever you do it's like fan reg fan reg like there's like so many fan, fan, fan reg, reg. yeah fan this reg. term like I think I heard it like so many times. What does it mean? It means like um Break, breaking the breaking the rules like whatever you you put an idea on the table they're like no it's fan. I mean. We certainly like in in the greater society having rules to follow like if you're a bank and you break the rules that's a big deal but if you're a student society like who cares if you break a little rules yeah 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 like why don't we break some rules live a little make some more events have some more fun what why are there so many rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah do you want to introduce like um your article and what you wrote about it and what was your um motivation behind writing it yeah so i recently wrote an article um got published in the SCMP and it was opinion column and it was talking about how HQ really likes to present itself as this wonderful international diverse university when in reality their diversity is tokenism essentially. So I talked about my personal experience as basically the only European kid graduating in the class of 2021 and how I keep getting called in for different basically media opportunities and things like that to kind of continue that idea and that image of diversity and how at some point yeah. I realized that I am part of this delusion that I really don't want to be a part of. And I wrote it basically because I felt a little bit cheated, a little bit scammed when I got to HQ and I realized that they're far, far step from diversity and that's kind of the, like, the idea that I also got from other international students here that they weren't getting their representation in basically. Um, do you feel like you're in a different position writing it because you're like a white female? <laughs> I'm in a really weird position with this because, um, so yeah, I'm a white girl. Um, and that kind of <laughs> implies in Hong Kong 
I'm obviously a minority, right? Like percentage-wise, I'm definitely not a part of the Chinese majority. That just could not be happening. But for some reason, people tend to perceive me as if I have the privileges of the majority, right? Like as if I'm so some sort of some in some way part of the colonizers, right? And that tends to be the kind of perception that people have of me, especially after writing this article. I I cannot count the amount of times I got called a colonizer. Because people tend to think that you're more yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I have no idea, but it, that's that's kind of the weird perspective that I'm coming from. So I'm just writing this as a university student um, that's trying to do a little bit of student activism. But people tend to think of me as this weird majority that's kind of trying to use my sense of entitlement to rule over HKU. Like so, now that you've identified the problems, like do you have? Could you like do you think you could propose like a solution, or is there anything yeah. that you think you would like? That could be done. Yeah, okay, so first of all, I mentioned this earlier that HKU does kind of have its claim to diversity with the amount of exchange students that we have, but we need to somehow integrate them because otherwise there's absolutely no use. So I hear a lot of locals saying that, like, the one opportunity that we actively have in class is to do group work with exchange students and people of other nationalities, races, ethnicities, whatever. But what I hear from a lot of like locals is being, oh, I don't want to work with exchange students because they only drink and party and they spend all their time in LKF so we won't get any work done. And I think it's that kind of like, obviously, but, but, but it's, kind of true. it's partly true, but I think there's a lot to be done that to involve them in other areas outside of class. Like I think the vagina monologues did it quite well, right? You had a couple of exchange students actively acting on the stage. There was a lot of exchange students in the audience. And I think that's because of the general like mindset that is like followed by the vagina model. So you're saying we need to bridge the gap. I think so. But do you think there's this sense of resistance from both parties? Like maybe exchange students are happy within themselves or their community and they're like, we just want to meet other exchange students and just party and everything that you mentioned. And then the local students also resist that sense of we don't really want to mix with the exchange students. And yeah, there's definitely that feeling. But literally all it takes is one person to bridge the gap, right? Like, that's the entire difference that it makes. You basically just need one exchange student to interact with the locals to make them realize, oh, never mind, like, we can hang with the, out, out with the exchange students. They're not all in LKF at all times. They're not all in junk boat constantly. But also it takes one local to come enter an exchange student group for them to realize, oh, they're not all just, like, nose in books spending their weekend studying. Yeah, exactly. It's quite odd that we see this, like, massive gap between the locals and between the exchange students when the ideal student life could be somewhere between the two of those, right? So the perception of locals generally tends to be that they're very studious, they would rather keep to themselves, they're kind of very, very focused on the academic part, whilst the international and the exchange students are very focused on the Hong Kong part, like how we can make the most of our time here. But the student experience that most people are looking for going into uni is to be challenged academically, but to also have a wonderful social life yeah. and all the other extras that go with it. Mm -hmm. So ideally like we should we shouldn't be trying to bridge the gap with one person we should be trying to move everybody towards the middle yeah. so you're saying the gap should be bridged is the responsibility of the institution to bridge that gap i don't think that's an institutional thing that can just be done through well like we talked about hq is a massive institution it's all about regulations it's not mm -hmm. going to happen through regulation i think it's going to happen through students like it's like kind of students. our thing to do yeah but you know how you talked about like there's no diversity in hq because there's not enough like white people but some people like responded back saying that diversity just doesn't just mean like more Europeans you know like there's a lot of like other people from other parts of Asia like mm -hmm. Pakistan mm -hmm. India like yeah. you know like that doesn't that count as diversity so so I don't think I ever said that there's not enough white people in Hong Kong because I couldn't say that that just seems very odd but um it's just in general like HKU if you 
going to say that you're an international university, but still 95% of your student body comes from the Asian region, whether that be from India or Korea or Japan, doesn't matter. It's, all, it's still all within the Asian region. So if you're going to say that you're an international university, that tends to apply global, right? So where are all our Latin American students? Where are all our African students? Where are all our American students? Where are all our European students? Where are yeah. all our Australian I'll students? I'll tell you where they are, and all of them are in St. John's College. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's basically it. Like, it's not necessarily about getting more, like, Europeans or getting more um, Americans. Yeah. It's about getting people from everywhere. Because we keep talking about Haisha is the place to be right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is. There's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of opportunities just basically lying around. Just, like, pick it off the ground. So it shouldn't be, like, it should be a place where people want to come together. Yeah. But somehow that's not, like, exactly happening. So what do you, you went to a local school in Hong Kong. and. Yeah. I mean, of course, I think your situation is different as an ethnic minority within that school, but how do you think, do you think what Sean says makes sense? Um, I think it's kind of true. So basically, throughout my high school lives, like, my first school was, like, a super local school, like yeah. a mainstream Ban yeah. One school, yeah. and then I switched because, like, the environment was so, like, um, exam-oriented, and there was just, like, yeah. they just focused on, like, DSE starting, like, you know, in Form 4. Yeah. So after that, I switched to another school. That school was more, yeah. like, international in a sense that there were more, like, ethnic minorities in that school. Yeah. So... I feel like uh, in my first school that even like like the reason I had to learn Cantonese was because like a lot of my class like my friends they didn't want to speak in English I feel like they were like just shy to like talk in English or maybe they thought it was like not good enough so that's why I was kind of like forced to like you know learn Cantonese and it's only after I started learning Cantonese and I took the initiative to like talk to them in Canto like it's, it's like it's after that like I started making like you know friends I feel like Hong Kong kids from like my my observation I feel like some like super like kids who study in like super local schools they do have like that like they're kind of like shy or they kind of like you know they hold themselves back when it comes to like making like international school friends okay yeah. but going back to the past i think i'd like to address tella's article again yeah so i don't know if you would like to hear this but we um discussed your article in a gender studies class mm. and a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about it but i think the consensus would be that a lot of people thought that it did come off as a little ignorant because you know you did say that you um, I don't know, like to go out for local food with your friends or just enjoy enjoy Asia in general and maybe that, that came off as uh, you're trying to exoticize um, Asia or, you know, people. Where Asians. did I say that in my article? You said something like, about you used the word exotic in your article to describe like the Oh, food. okay, yeah. okay, yeah, I talked, I talked about it in the beginning about, yeah. okay, so this is, yeah. this is what I was getting at with that was how international school kids tend to be like, you know, if, um, a really good example, I think, like somebody was talking about this recently. Anyway, so basically, if I were to meet you and you're originally from India and it'd be like, oh my god, my favorite food is this and this, and it happened to be something that your mom or your grandma used to cook for you all the time as a kid, then we would have an instant thing to bond over. Right. So it wasn't, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with Asia or Asian cuisine, it just had to be over the fact that people tend to bond over bond over very, very odd specific things. It could be just over one completely random dish. Okay, I get it. So what were you actually saying? Yeah, so I think it just came, so people were still, I think people, although I know that you're from Estonia, and mm -hmm. it's not, and you know, you're not the colonizer, <laughs> but I think um, the color of your skin lends itself to the whole idea of, she does have the sense of white privilege, yeah. and do you, so do you think you have white privilege yeah, in Hong Kong? Yeah, of course I do, of course I have white privilege. And how do you think that works in relation to your article? So of course I have white privilege. I like I definitely cannot ignore that anyway. There are some odd things that I can kind of get away with that I'm pretty sure that my local friends couldn't get away with. Mostly because people think that well, you don't speak Cantonese. There's no point yelling at me Cantonese. Like certain kinds of things like that. 
But the fact is that I also own up to the privilege. There's no point avoiding that fact. There's no point being like, oh no, there's absolutely no difference when there clearly is a difference. And I think the fact that I'm recognizing it and talking about it in an article like this, I'm not necessarily talking about my privilege, but I'm just talking about the entire international student population, which would include basically all of us here, right? Where you went to an international school, so you're not quite exactly local. You went to a local school, but you're not local. So I think the idea is not at all about my privilege or the way that I perceive Hong Kong. It's about kind of speaking for the international students here, because this is the kind of feeling that I've gotten for most from most of us. And I know people will tend to think that I'm the colonizer. So I'm just here whining, oh, boo-hoo, a white girl whining about her white privilege. It, that's really not the case. Diversity isn't supposed to benefit one person. And let's be honest, if Hong Kong was even less diverse, I'd probably get more out of my white privilege, right? Because I'd be even more exotic, I'd be even more Barbie, I'd get more out of it than I would if every other face on campus looked like mine. So yeah. would both of you say that you guys were both misunderstood in your approach to an extent? To an extent, yeah. certainly. But that's always the case, because people never understand things the same way. People like to just read bylines. And the byline, let's be fair, SVMP made it pretty clickbait. Um, <laughs> you really had to read the article oh, you didn't together. Get that? Oh, no, no, you don't get to write that. Uh... So you just write your article, and they put the rest of it together. And obviously, you need those clicks, so you're going to make it sound like that. But, you know, you really need to read the entire thing and actually think about it for a second. So I got a lot of, um, I got some mean emails from professors as well, who clearly hadn't really... The thing is that you have to look at this from the perspective of an international student studying at HK. Like, this is the perspective that it's written from, and this is the perspective that you should try and approach it from. And I think the article did its job in that at least for the most part, because that's uh, most of the... So there's a lot of hate, and the hate we're going to get into later. But there was also a lot of very um, very nice DMs that I was getting from random international students at HKU. Um, there's a lot of Indian students that were reaching out to me saying, oh, this is exactly how I feel. I'm glad somebody's finally talking about this. So that was kind of the point, to talk about to talk about it and to talk about it for everybody. To get the conversation yeah. going. Yeah, exactly, yeah. to get the conversation going, because if we're never going to talk about it, nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah, so basically, like we said, for the third part of our podcast, we're basically going to read out some comments, like nice and not that nice. Okay. So this one is for um, Sean, and someone commented that you're studying in a local school, and local students lead the um, student union, so what's wrong with that? Oh, yeah. So um, actually, um, a student from Malaysia private messaged me, and she was like, I saw that comment, and I was really pissed off, because, because here in Malaysia, there are a lot of ethnic minorities, and their voices become silenced by the majority if they don't have any protection. Mm -hmm. So that's why we need, uh, yeah, like, 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 like we need to do things to protect the right of minorities. If we let the free market, if we let market forces decide who gets to be on the thing, then invariably, you know, it's tyranny by majority. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not only about silencing like uh, a minority student, it's about silencing students with other ideas too. But minorities in particular, I feel like, will always, always, always be in the minority. Like you can't, you can't, you can't change your opinion on something and then be in the majority. You're always a minority because of the fact that you are. Okay, so another comment quoted what you said in your post. So you said that, I promise to serve you faithfully and diligently if I get elected and make HKU the international university that you were sold to. So someone commented, sold? May I ask who were the buyers of these students? The Communist Party and its sinful agents? Uh, well, so that's creative you, at least. <laughs> can you um, like just tell us what you mean by you know the universities they were sold to and 
I mean, just like all of us here, mm -hmm. like, you know, like Tale, like, uh, like you and like you. Um, and, uh, you know, I have so many friends that, uh, like, most of my friends are actually international students. I, you know, I think I, you know, hang out, I mean, I bond better with them. And every single one, they come to HKU and they're invariably disappointed. <laughs> and they, every single one has, you know, felt some type of regret or like, what did I, did I make the right decision? And I was, I was lied to. That, those are the people I was referring to. Okay, I, like, I realized it once I said it. For Tello, though. Um, okay, wow. So, no, I'm not going to read the whole oh, thing. Oh, I read that one, though, I think. But the end of that was, so this article, um, I think he agrees with it to some extent, but also calls it... Yeah, I read this one. Yeah, so yeah. he says, I agree wholeheartedly. That being said, the sob story from a privileged white student neither takes into account nor acknowledges the historical, colonial, and social context in which Hong Kong and HKU more specifically are situated. Okay, so I read this one and it's absolutely hilarious. This is one of the ones where people keep referring to me as a colonizer. So I'm Estonian <laughs> and just, um, so it looks like this guy took a legit amount of time to write this. He could have also taken the time to Google Estonia because Estonia was actually colonized for literally all of its existence by Russians, by Germans, by Swedes, by literally whoever. So referring to me as a colonizer is like as much fake news as something could possibly be. So I don't think this is coming out of some sort of colonial mindset or anything like that, talking about HKU as inferior to other universities in the West or something like that. It isn't because I do love HKU for its academics and for that part of it. But I'm just saying that there's one problem, and it's kind of a big one in a university that likes to pride itself in diversity, and that is the issue of tokenism, essentially. There's another comment that says, um, moves, moves to Asia to study, complains that everyone is Asian. So well, first of all, everybody at Hong Kong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not even sure what I have to say about that. It's not about the fact that everybody is Asian. It's about the fact that HQ says that not everybody is Asian. Like, it's not like I'm a white kid and then I moved to Hong Kong and I'm like, well, I'm actually secretly racist against Asians, but now I'm here and I'm having to deal with it. Like, that's not the case. Obviously not. Like, I knew what I got myself into when I moved to HKU. So the but I also your, feel like I was tricked a little bit. The point you know? of your article was basically saying that HKU like falsely promotes. Yeah, that's the point. Like HQ doesn't necessarily have to be international. Nobody's saying that it absolutely desperately must be international and must be diverse. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to market yourself as such, if that's the image that you're going to portray to the larger media, to the larger public, then that's what you should be. So it's not even necessarily about the fact that HQ must be diverse. It's stop saying you're diverse if you aren't. Because that's what students are getting disappointed over. If we'd known from the get-go that HQ wasn't going to be that diverse, then you would have, I guess, been more prepared for that and you wouldn't be that disappointed when you arrive. So someone asked, um, why did you choose to come to HKU and have you considered going going for exchange to see diversity elsewhere before making claims about HKU? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I came to Hong Kong and HQ. I talked about this already because I wanted to study in Asia, essentially, because I feel like Europe and the U.S. are kind of such like go-to places that everybody goes to and really want to do something different. I want to study journalism, and in Asia, things are always happening. In Hong Kong, things are always happening, even if it is political things. So I wanted to be in the middle of action, basically. So that's why I chose HQ. It's pretty straightforward. 
Um, what was the second part of the question? Oh, oh have, have you considered going on exchange to see diversity? So I think I've been, I grew up in an international school, so I know what diversity is supposed to look like. So I'm not talking about it from the perspective of somebody who had some weird idealized expectations and a utopian mindset coming into this of what diversity needs to look like. Obviously, I know it has its issues and it has its problems and there's always going to be some sort of clusters of people. But I have seen what diversity looks like and what organic diversity is like. And that's what I hope that HQ was a little bit more like. And it does work in some cases. Like, I would say we're a pretty diverse group and it's working out pretty well right now. So that's literal proof that it can be done and it can be done with HKU students. It just needs to be done at a larger scale than like five people. Mayor, <laughs> yeah, is there anything you guys would like to say? Or any final, additional comments? Final comments? Final I mean, comments. thank you for giving us some sort of a platform to clear up a little bit because I think we're both heard a lot of um, comments on both sides of things and there's not really a way. I feel like getting back at people on Facebook comments isn't a good way to respond to criticism <laughs> or compliments yeah. either way. So yeah, thank you for giving us a uh, I just want to give uh, a tip to you know students who want, want to apply here in the future. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that in university you spend maybe 10% of your time with top, being taught by a professor but 90% of the time you're spending with other students. So you actually learn more from other students than from your professors. So think very carefully about uh, what kind of students you want to surround yourself with because these are the people who you're going to build a network with for the rest of your life. Yeah, and I'd like to add mm -hmm. that. I think any place is what you make of it. So yeah. we're criticizing HKU, but obviously we're still there and we're still yeah. enjoying our time. We're, trying, we're making the most of it, obviously, because it isn't yeah. really about what you're surrounded by. It's what yeah. you kind of perceive it or what yeah. you do with it. Cool, look at that. Cool. Yay! <laughs> that was really good. Oh, thank you guys. Thank, thank you yeah, so thank much. You. <laughs> <laughs>